Hey everybody, welcome to Someone Else's Shoes. I'm your host, J.R. Supa. This week, my guests are uh, two former high school classmates of mine, um, recovering addicts, and they have found that uh, having a podcast has been one of the things that have really helped them stay sober for a number of years now. Um, so please help me welcome the hosts of the Two Dopeless Hope Fiends podcast, Mike Pirro and Mike Passero. Hey guys, how we doing? JR. We are doing great, and uh, thanks for that fucking intro. That was amazing. I'm not going to lie. I have goosebumps. You can see them, right? Yeah, Robert That just Williams gave me goosebumps, arms. dude. That was such it, a great dude. intro. That was fucking awesome. Thank oh you for those God. kind words. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm I mean, you guys have, we're, you we're guys allowed to swear. Great. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt. We can, we can, we can curse on here, right? right. Yes, you can, you can say anything you want. Just sure, Fuck dude. Um, we, yes. get, okay. we get pretty nasty on our podcast, so I just want to make sure that we're allowed to... Curse on your podcast, man. You that's are it. you are absolutely allowed to curse as long as awesome. it's uh, nothing. Yeah, that's going to get anybody canceled. Yes. Say yes. no more. Love it. Say Love no it. more. Love it. We think about that every week. Love it. Yes. <clears throat> Fuck shit ass is no problem. Okay. Um, as, as we go down the line, then then we'll figure. Yeah. It out. Yeah. It's, all right. It can get weird. We yeah, might get, get a little weird. weird so you get a little weird in there. Um, so you guys have been doing a podcast for how many years now? October uh, f- will be six. It'll be six years in October. Yeah, yeah. and you have what f- over four hundred episodes, right? We got four hundred ten. We just released the four hundred tenth episode. Yep. Um, awesome. Yeah, we've had a number of guests on. We've just covered a lot of shit. It's mostly movies. Yeah, a little bit of music, um, and then pop culture stuff uh, with addiction sprinkled in mm-hmm. all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started another podcast called Fiends Watch. Which is strictly movie reviews. Okay. Um, and we started filming that, putting that on YouTube about a year ago, yeah. maybe. Yep. And that's so we got two podcasts. One is strictly movie reviews. The other one is our personal lives and pop culture shit. So, uh, yeah, that's what we focus on. Uh, besides doing lines every night, right? Doing lines like movie lines. Movie lines yeah, every yeah, night. Not, that, sorry, movie lines every gotta night. You got to be very clear, that's, dude. That's in a, in a show about recovering from addiction. Yep. Movie yep. lines. Yep. They would definitely lines. specify what exactly. lines we're doing. Exactly. And in the past, like, you know, he mentioned pretty much everything we did. There was always, like, the underlying sprinkle of addiction. So whether we, uh, you know, on a random episode, we'll give our clean count, which will tell the listeners how many days we're in, how many days sober we're in. Yep. Um, or we've interviewed people. We've uh, interviewed someone that Mikey actually went to school with who was in recovery. Yep. And, like, addiction run- counselors we've addiction interviewed. counselors. A uh, number of people who, yeah, like you said, were in recovery that, that you knew. Um yeah, so addiction yeah. is definitely sprinkled in throughout, and that was, like, why we kind of started doing the podcast um, was because we were best friends in high school, mm. got addicted to drugs, and we met back up after I moved back here from California, and we were like, oh, shit, let's start a podcast, and it wasn't mainly just to talk about addiction. Um, it was – we looked at it as, like, oh, we're both early in, early in recovery and being clean – Let's just do this and focus on it. And we love movies and we love pop culture. So let's just do this as something to keep our minds busy while we were fresh into being clean. I was only a couple months into being clean. Right. Um, so it wasn't like let's start a podcast to strictly talk about addiction because that people will probably kill themselves if that's a podcast. Because <laughs> how much can you like you just can't talk about addiction for two hours every week. It's just it's it's so depressing. Right. So it's always been an overline thing, as Pat said, but it was never the main 
focus. It was the reason why we started, but it wasn't the focus of the podcast. So the podcast kind of became your outlet. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. And, and the big thing is, too, like, we both tried AA, which, you know, Alcohols Anonymous, and NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous. Um, a lot of it kind of starts when you're in rehab. They'll have you do some, you'll go to some meetings and stuff, and then they want you to do what's called 90 and 90 after, yep. which is 90 meetings in 90 days when you're out of rehab. So I did that for about 60 days. And now keep in mind, at this time, when I'm in Stanford, Mikey's in California, and, like, we're talking. He knew I just got clean, but I didn't know what the fuck was going on with him out there. I assumed. I feel like we're jumping. We need to give him a little bit of context. He got clean. Yeah, sure. uh, How long before me? Almost two years? Yeah, it was was February 4th, 2012. And I'm April 9th, 2014. So he got clean two years before me. So he was living this clean life. While I was still using heavily, that was probably the he- the last few years were the heaviest I was using drugs. Right. So it's not like we got together and said, "Hey, man, let's get clean together and start a podcast." Right? right. right? It, it it just wasn't that. Um, so he was in it kind of by himself before I even went to rehab and got clean. So and, I just wanted to say that. Oh no, thanks, sir. I mean, yeah, we it, it is important to kind of to gauge that because I've had people like even close. Family members be like, "Oh, so you and Mike like got clean together?" Yeah, I'm dude, like, I'm we like, held hands the whole time, and, just, <laughs> and I was you like, know, uh, yeah. "No, I was like, to yeah. be honest, and you know, I've said it to some of our uh, some of our friends too. Like when I got clean and, and I found out that he was coming home, I was so nervous to actually see him. Yeah, and it's not like a thing where I was like nervous if he was going to be using. I, I wasn't worried that he was going to be using if I saw him. Uh, I knew that he was clean, or I, you know, I was assuming he was clean, hoping he was clean. But I was just nervous. I was going to be like, well, how am I going to act around someone who we used to fucking use together? You know, we used to try to go cop together. We used to do a lot of things together while we were years before we even started doing like actual hard drugs. But then we used to just do hard drugs together. So it was just like a weird thing. And, And then it was it's so funny, Jr. It's like we met up with a bunch of people and it just went right back to our old ways. And. Uh, two months later, we started doing the show. It, yeah. Like it was just all it, the worries went away after about five minutes, and I was like, "Oh my god, this a- is like a weight off my shoulders." Absolutely. Long, long story short, when it comes to the podcast and addiction, this this is how we're gonna wrap the, a, a bow on the podcast and addiction shit. Is that me and him, like like he said. Saltini, our friend Dave Saltini. Like, I wish we could edit him a picture of him coming over. Like, hey, Dave, Dave Saltini. <laughs> I, mean, I can, I can pull up. something off of the internet and yeah. just throw it in I should say, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he came home from California, and I had been home for like four or five months, and that's when, when we met up. And a month or two later, that's when we started the podcast. And ever since then, it's it's we just haven't even looked back. We None of us have relapsed. We haven't. Um, stop doing the podcast. We haven't. It's it's went by five years. Went by so fast, almost six. But it, I'm not going to say it saved our life. What I will say though is it saved our friendship. I'll tell you that much for sure. Is that like we were best friends in high school and like we drifted apart because I moved away and we were both addicted to drugs. But doing this podcast and getting clean, like it, we're like, oh, it's my best friend right now, right? It's like, and you always want that, like. That like you know like that partner as mm. like a friend like you need a really good friend yeah. in life and I'm glad that I came home and he was clean and we met up and the sequence of events happened we started the podcast and now it's five six years down the road and we're still fucking doing it 
which is 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 something that I never would have thought. So right. um, so that's how I think the podcast and addiction inter, intertwines. I just wanted to wrap up the addiction I'm kidding, part I'm of kidding, my I'm side kidding. by We're saying another bow. Reason I, yeah, <laughs> here's the, yeah, that's his bow, dude. Here's my bow over here. I just wanted to point out the reason why I brought up the whole ninety and ninety and NA and uh, AA is that I couldn't fucking stand it after a while, and it was like I like the idea of it, but I just remember being like, man. I'm actually running into way more people that are high by going to some of these meetings. And then it was like, I, this was such a good vent that it just replaced the idea of NAAA, where it was like, we're going to meet up. And again, there were times we were doing fucking three episodes a week, right? There's some nights we would. We oh, yeah, would there's sure. some weeks we do for three sure. episodes, three nights a week, and we space them out. So it just became like such a fucking habit. And like now I know we do Wednesdays and stuff. It's just, it's part of. My life's part of his life. I fucking hate him. Yeah, I hate him But too. I love him. I don't know? even think JR has asked the question yet. That's the funniest part of this whole podcast. What nope. question? I, no, I don't even think he's asked a question yet, is what I'm trying to say. I know. That's why I'm I like, we, said, I go, we went on a fucking rant, bro. <laughs> I thought you said he hasn't asked a question. No. Are you guys? He hasn't asked one question yet. He goes, they've started a podcast uh, five years ago and da 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 whatever. And then we just say, yeah, so you know what? It's our show and we're going to go on a rant for five minutes. So cut any of that shit down because we fucking Dude, I told rant. You guys right at the there, beginning dude. of this, I'm just here to let you talk. I'll, right, I'll reel it in. I, I'll reel it in but if you got, go off the Yeah, rim. but you're the host. Like, you got to at least, like, we got to at least let you ask a question. That We, we just went off well, with well, it, dude. I, mean, I apologize listen, for that. It's, it's only been, like, maybe five minutes into the show. Or <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah. So I apologize. It's, it's all good, number one. Cool. Number two, you both said you were putting a bow on it, so I figured it was winding down. Good point, dude. I tried to put a fucking bow. This motherfucker, you know what, dude? I'm going to come in. I'm going to put another bow on that motherfucker. Well, to be honest, I started a story that got interrupted. There was no question. So anyway, Okay, sorry. All right, Go on. So <laughs> let's, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. All right. So for both of you guys, when did you, I guess, I mean, it's hard to say, like, when did you become addicted? Because yeah. there could have been so many different potentially substances. Um yeah that you might have experimented with or whatever the case may be. So so maybe just talk about your journey into becoming addicted. Okay. Can I just I, – I, this this would be my suggestion. I think the best way to do this, bro, mm-hmm. is to go back and forth. Sure. So not for one of us to tell our entire story and the other sure. person – I think it should just be like back and forth. How did, how did I start? How did you sure. start, right? And just go whatever, back and forth. Whatever works for you guys is cool. Okay. Yeah, um, I just think I'll get bored when he starts talking. He'll get bored when I start talking. And I'm gonna then, fall asleep. If yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. For we're, we're just gonna be fucking out. Um, I mean, that's that no. would also be kind of funny and great content. It, it just, would be. Uh, I just post a picture of Mike Francesa next to you, and oh, dude, that'd be the best, man. <laughs> no, good point, good point. Mikey. What do you what say, Mikey? Um, all right, I started smoking weed in high school, like everybody else, uh, not for any particular reason. And see, he's already getting bored. He's reaching for his water. See that? I'm parched, dude. Um, started smoking weed and n- didn't really do coke or anything. Drank in high school. And we might have like sniffed a couple of Vicodins here and there just to have fun as stupid kids. It didn't do anything. Um, and then went to college and Oxycontin 80s were out. He went to FAU in Boca. I went to Lynn in Boca five minutes from each other. So we, me, G, he lived with Gerard. I lived with uh, Chris Paldoro in the dorm. So we, we were all down there together. It was a shit show. And <laughs> Oxycontin 80s were really prevalent. And down there, uh, I want to be careful with what I said. I don't want to say any names. Right. Um, but there was someone who kind of had a lot. He was involved in the pill game down there. And he kind of introduced us to them. And I 
was a dumb 18-year-old kid and wanted to sniff shit, and I sniffed some Oxycon 80s, and I sniffed some Coke, and that's how it started at 18 years old was just bending down and sniffing an Oxycontin 80. And I still remember that first feeling I got walking down this hallway after I sniffed a pill. I'm going, oh, my God, like this is how I've been waiting to feel my entire life. Like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to feel. I was never comfortable in my own skin. I never – I always had this doom and gloom attitude, which we can get into later. But that moment, that's the only time I remember being high. Like it's really the only time I remember being high off of dope ever in my life. I don't remember any other time. The hundreds and thousands of times that I've been high, I don't remember any of them but that first time. So that's how me personally got into it. Past his story is pretty similar, but you can just kind of tell him because we were down at the same time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean the first reason why I ever smoked weed – Obviously, I was curious, but it's a lot to do with that guy right next to me. You know what I'm saying? So introduce me to it. And yeah, it just became a thing that we just did. Uh, I remember being 15. I remember being on that fucking that bench uh, at whatever that baseball field is by. Across the Vine Road. Vine Road. On Vine Road, dude. There you go. Anyway, so yeah, it's the same kind of thing throughout high school, as he just said. But yeah, it's it really a lot. It has to do a lot with Florida. Um, Florida. Dade County and just South the, Florida, yep. South Florida. Just I mean, even still to this day, it's like when I think of Florida, I think of just people just being crazy out of their mind with just crazy stories. You always hear about, you know, whatever yep. that Florida PD thing is. It's one of the best like feeds you can follow. Right. And opiates. It's just synonymous. So down there, at 18, same thing. The guy who introduced us to it. I specifically it's so funny. I've heard him tell that story about him walking. I already know the hallway yeah. he's talking about because I was there. Yeah. And I remember the first time we did try some Vicodin in high school. We sniffed it. It just didn't really do much, and it was just whatever. But that first time that a small amount just got broken off, and I remember I literally swallowed it. And similar to what he said, it's so vivid in my mind exactly where I was sitting, how I felt, where we were, and just saying, wow. I don't need anything else. Is it? I, I know I'm it. in school right now. I know I'm in college. You know, JR, you and I played baseball together. We played sports. I did not give a fuck. Nope. It didn't take off until we really came back up to the yeah. Northeast because we would dabble. And that's the thing people don't realize. <clears throat> yep. You can fuck around with drugs for a few months um, and go a week or two without doing it. And you might have it in the back of your head like, man, that was fun. But you're not physically addicted yet. Yeah. So we're fucking around down there in Florida. We get back up, and it's like that's when shit really hit the fan when we saw, man, we we found what we loved yep. out of nowhere in Florida. Yep. Oh, we can get it up here. Yeah. And the rest is fucking history, man, to be honest. And you got to remember, though – sorry, I know you're about to say but the, just for the listeners, the time period was 2005. So you got to remember that 2005, that was the height of just the flooding – of opiates and the specifically Oxycontin in the country. That was the f- that, like the peak of it. That was the fucking peak. And we were the prime age to get addicted. Nowadays, it's powdered heroin and fentanyl. It's different nowadays. But for us, it was the height of Oxycontin 80s. That's, that's, the, that, that's the era that we come out of when it, when, when it comes to addiction. Good point. Because Purdue Pharma released it in 98. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. already it, – it's, it's running on its fucking legs in 2005. Yeah, that, it's, was, the, it's that was the height. everywhere. Yep. Um, okay, so – Two questions. One is, so you guys were both addicted to prescription painkillers. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we say opiates, right? Because opiates can encompass a lot. Right. Opiates can encompass a a, a five milligram Vicodin, right, that you're going to give to someone who just got their wisdom teeth out. Right. All the way to fentanyl. Okay, so everything in between. So we like to say opiates because it's it wasn't the specific Oxycontin. It was whatever opiate you guys could get your hands on is what. Yeah, right. Exactly. And right. also Oxycontin 80s went away. So then it became the oxycodone 30 milligram pills that were out there. Then you get heroin, which it, if you can get in powdered form, if you don't shoot up, which I've never shot up. Same. Mikey's never shot up. Right. So but it's it's the same thing. Heroin, oxy, it's the same fucking thing. So that's what I that's what we were addicted to. But I was also heavily addicted to cocaine the last two years of right before I got clean and from about 18 to like 20 cocaine. So that's probably the only difference. Mikey also alcohol was more yeah. of a problem for him too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, if someone ever, when people walk up and, and, and when I was at NA and AA or even just now and they said, Oh, what were, what were you using? What was your drug of choice? Yep. I always just say opiates, Yep. <clears throat> but they ask, Oh, were you an alcoholic too? And he, the problem was that I just, I could not mix the, I couldn't have one without the other. Yeah. And I and I realized that in rehab, just saying, man, because I heard some people saying, oh, I'm going to do this when I get out. Oh, I'm going to still drink, but I'm not going to do coke. I'm still going <laughs> to drink and I'm not going to shoot up. And I just remember being like, man, they're, if they all if all these people that are saying that are going to drink, they're all going to relapse and end up right back here or dead. Except- so it was – well, but she, I'm not saying, an alcoholic, though. Oh, you were saying that they were all pretty much alcoholics. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Now, look, okay. there are people out there that can casually drink yep. that won't relapse. There's people out there, JR, in, in rehab, and I know he heard it too. I heard so many counselors saying, how many people smoke? People yep. raising it. I was one of two people in there for opiates and that did cigarettes. not smoke cigarettes. Yep. So it's very common yep. to smoke cigarettes and do uh, pills and, and heroin. She goes, all right, everyone who raised their hand, 95% of you are going to relapse. And I just remember hearing that saying, Jesus Christ, is there no hope? Yeah. And I just remember in my head saying, all right, when I get out of here, I have to cut out fucking everything. No more drinking, no more nothing. And I've just been sticking to that for the last eight plus years. But everyone's different. Addiction can be drugs. It can be sex. It can be – there's so many different things that I feel like – I can personally say I've been addicted to, but to go back to the original question, opiates 100% was my main drug of choice, and so was Mikey's too. Second question. Second question. Do you guys believe believe that marijuana is a gateway drug? Yeah. Uh, in other no, words, I guess I'll answer. So, no, no, no. I just I, like the format of you go, going first go. and I'll go next. Right, yeah. but, like, yep, so because go. people that advocate um, – or I should say that argue against the legalization of marijuana. That's their yeah. big sticking point, right? Is that marijuana is a sure. gateway drug. Yeah. But I, I personally, and I don't know, I mean, yeah. you guys are going to be the ones that are, are able to provide deeper insight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I've never seen someone get addicted to marijuana and then say, I need something harder. Okay. They may smoke yeah. marijuana. Yeah. Go to a party and somebody says, hey, do you want to do coke or hey, do you want to do this yeah. or whatever? Of course. And they say, yeah, fuck it. Why not? But it's not yep. because they're jonesing for marijuana and can't no. get it and need something else. I'll tell you – and I just thought of a great sense and I never thought of this before. 
the marijuana is is a gateway drug in the same way alcohol is. 100%. In the same way alcohol is. If you're going to say marijuana is a gateway drug, then alcohol is a gateway drug. If you're going to say that they're not, then they're both not. It's the same thing, right? Every teenager who drinks or smokes weed, right, is not going to go be a heroin addict. But every heroin addict probably started by drinking and smoking weed, okay? Right. So to me, it's a yes, it's a no. I, I, I can agree with both sides. Well, because I feel like if you're yeah. doing those things, you're probably more likely to be put into a position with harder stuff. Can be. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, yeah. And that's the thing is like I understand the argument that they have. Of saying like it's a gateway drug, but it's not in the sense that they say it. You know what yes, I mean? Exactly. Like it's it's right. not because if you if you're allowed to go out at 21 and get shit canned at a bar, yeah, and, and as long as you don't drive, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like look at how many people just get in a it's bar insane. fights. It's insane. Yeah, right? insane. What oh, marijuana oh. fights have you seen? Dude. Yeah, no, not a lot. This is dude. Actually, not zero. a lot, bro. You know, fight fights over marijuana, right? Yeah. Like, yo, that's yeah, but about, once, about once you're yeah, high, yeah, who's money? fighting yeah. when they're high? No, no bro. That's no, the no, thi- no. that's the thing, man. So I, that's such an ancient argument right. that marijuana gateway drug thing. To me, it's just such an ancient argument. Like, stop. Marijuana is so socially acceptable. Like, I, I, I stop, man. If you're a parent and you're worried about your kid smoking weed, right? Talk to your kid. If you want your kid never to smoke weed, I'd agree. I don't want I, I wouldn't want my kid to smoke weed, right? right? It's just not necessary. Like you don't need to smoke weed, right? Maybe later in life if you have anxiety and you might need it, whatever. But the perfect world, no kids would smoke weed. But 90% of kids are gonna try weed and smoke weed. That does not mean that it's a gateway drug. You're fudging the numbers by mm. saying that all these addicts started with weed. They did not become addicts because they started with weed. And that's that's, that's kind of what I wanted to get your take on. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. And isn't it funny? It's like I stopped smoking weed. Uh, for the most part, when I found opiates, but I was heavily drinking with opiates. So it's not like I was like, man, I want to use opiates and really smoke weed. Alcohol just goes so great with intensifying whatever drug you're doing. Cocaine users love alcohol, right? Would I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I never loved alcohol. So well, that's why true. I'm like, I'm different yeah. in that sense. But yeah, 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 yeah majority for sure. Majority but alcohol for sure. for sure. I always thought, and I thought to myself, and we used to talk about this, like if I never tried weed, well, I already drank by the time I tried weed. Right. I would have definitely found opiates a hundred percent if I man. never smoked weed. Yeah, I would have got them yeah. somehow, 100%. some way, without a doubt, no question. Yep. Because that's not, you know, like you were in college and you got introduced to this. Mm. You weren't at a weed smoking party. Nope. Right. Nope. But we were smoking weed then. You night. were smoking weed, but that it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like No, 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 no. But 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 listen, I'll put it this way, man. I know people who have been smoking weed since they were 16, mm. okay? And they're not hardcore drug addicts right now. They drink and they smoke weed, right? right? Maybe they'll like take a Xanax here or take a tab of acid here, but they're not they never had to go to rehab, it didn't ruin their life, right? So, it's it, it's a case by case basis, man. That's just the way I look at a lot of things in life, but especially addiction, everything is case by case. So there mm-hmm. are no broad generalizations of, yes, this is black and white. So if you smoke weed, you're going to be a dopehead. If you drink, you're going to be a cokehead. Like, no, there are – none of that exists, and I think it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. Yeah. People say it does. There's no equation. Yep. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, so you guys are now um, – you've found your drug of choice. Yeah. Right? You're at college. Did it affect you? Um, at college to the point where you had to like drop out or did you go through college, stay addicted, 
um, and then just kind of you know like walk us through that that time frame. Sure. Um, all right. Yeah. Cool. I, I left college first, so I I left college after four months, after one semester. But it wasn't because of drugs. It was be, it was basically because of a girl. We she went to it was my high school girlfriend. She went to college in Tampa, three hours away, and we were like missing each other. We're like you know what? Let's just move back to Stanford together, right? So that's what we did. We left college and moved back to Stanford to like be together. So that. Drugs didn't really have a lot to do with why I left after a semester of college. It wasn't – I really wasn't even physically addicted to drugs at that point. Um, and then Mikey left after a year, I think, right? Yeah, I did a full year yeah. down there. <clears throat> Me and G came back up from uh, from FAU. No, it didn't – that's the thing too. I didn't even know what addiction was. I didn't even know you could get physically addicted, and I wasn't physically addicted because it was so spaced out down there. Yeah. But I was still always seeking it. Like the person that we would get from even after he left – I just remember sitting there. This was the first time I remember honestly calling someone nonstop for four hours until they picked up to be like, where the fuck is it, dude? You said you had, you know what I mean? But no, it didn't really affect me in that way. Um, I still did my, I, I didn't do that great freshman year. And I just knew with like three months left of freshman year, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going back up north. So, but no, it didn't affect, so, it didn't affect me that way. So then what we both did is we both left normal colleges and then mikey enrolled in some place called sae which was an audio engineering school right which is a trade program it was about 10 months right he started and i'm like you know what that's a good fucking idea so i went in the next class which was like four three months later yeah so we were there at the same time we both went to this audio engineering school commuted every day into the city and at that time we were not using oxys every single day it was more of a you know, weekend kind of thing, or maybe you'd use on a weeknight if you had it. It wasn't a lot. Um, it was still a fun thing where we'd get high, right? And we're about 19 years old at this point. Yeah. So we do that. Mikey finishes. I finish. I, I get an internship at Bad Boy in the city. I commute every day there for almost a year and a half. Mikey gets a job at a studio. So we're literally like on the same tra- trajectory, right? We went to a school especially to do something that we love music. We always made music together. Right. He gets a job at a studio. I get a job at a, at a big record label. Oh, this is awesome. Like our, our lives are going to be fucking great. There was one thing that connected us and one thing that ruined us. And it was that before we even enrolled in that fucking school, we had been messing with oxys and we were not going to stop. So we were just running against a brick wall because we thought, we could just still use oxys and still have a life and a career and everything's going to be going up. We were prime set to like keep moving up the ladder at whatever we were going to be doing. And oxys were the one thing that stopped us from doing that. And slowly but surely, both of us uh, crashed down and eventually had to go to rehab, right? And we can obviously walk through that. I just – I don't want to talk no, for absolutely. a fucking hour. But it's weird how our stories are very similar in that sense of leaving college, going to an audio engineering school, getting a good job right after, and then ruining it by no one's fault but our own. So Can't you guys are yeah. 19 years old. You're, you're back in Stanford. Yeah. Yep. So you've now found a supplier in Stanford. But it's not Multiple. necessarily yeah. an everyday thing. No. Right? right? Like you no, guys are you guys special, have your everyday it's, it's lives. It's a special thing. It's right. still a special thing. Yeah. Yes. But you're but you're you're back home. Yeah. So you're in a, a much more comfortable environment, right? Not everybody yeah, sure. went away, right, to school. So no. I'm sure there yeah, are no. plenty of people that, you know, we went to high school with and that you guys mm-hmm. know from high school and, and hanging out with. So you guys are seeing people on the weekends and 
and it's just yeah, kind of absolutely. that. It's it's so it's just that that easy fun let loose, but it's it's a it's allowed to continue now, yeah, because right. you have access. Yeah, and, but and, we thought it was okay because we were going to school and we uh, – I was commuting to the city every day and Mikey was working at the car- – like so we thought it was all okay because we weren't doing nothing. We were being productive and you can be productive and still be a drug addict, right? Right. And then slowly but surely it becomes the most important thing. And the reason why I left Bad Boy was because – I didn't want to keep commuting to the city every day, and I didn't think that they were going to, like, hire me for, like, a full-time, really good paid position. And truthfully, I wanted to just do drugs. Like, that's what I wanted to do. And it killed all the creativity, all the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Not drive. All the – The juice, the mojo. Like, all the uh, aspiration, Aspiration, right? You know what I'm saying? It killed all of that. It killed all of that. And it will kill any young person that – wants to be something, go to school, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be an astronaut, hardcore drugs will stop that. It just, it, it will stop that. Yeah. Weed and alcohol probably won't. Maybe. Hardcore drugs will. Yeah. I. So that's the reason why he left. I was working at a studio in Stanford, and I was doing pretty good, and I wasn't really getting paid because, again, that's what you're expected to do. Yeah. He wasn't getting paid a bad boy. We were injured. I was getting a stipend from P. Diddy. I was $50 fu- every week. Thanks a lot, Puff. Thanks a lot, Puff. Fucking asshole. <laughs> I was just fucking errand boy, you know, setting up mics, going to Dunkin' Donuts, making sure that all the fucking artists had fucking food and just. But I was fine with that. That's what I wanted to do because I knew it was going to lead. I knew it was going to lead into a full time engineering job, which is like at the time I was like, man, this is there could be nothing better. But I remember the day where I go, man, I need to make money because I want drugs. Yep. And I started working at a fucking restaurant. Yep. And I, it gradually went from, oh, I do maybe one or two days in the studio, three days at the restaurant, Dude. five days at the fucking restaurant, zero days at the studio, and that's just gone. Dude, it's that's gone. how bad boy it was with me. Yeah. I was doing five days a week, and I'm like, oh, can we cut it down to three? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it was like, it was and cut down to three, and then it was like, uh, you know what? Yeah, don't come in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah cool. okay, great. Like, I'm getting high. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And she's yeah. like, well, okay, see you later. All right. Fine. And he asked me so many, and we've we've talked about this in the the thousands of hours that we've podcasted. Of course, we would. He we always talk about regrets, and I always tell him to this day, my number one regret in life is leaving that studio. Yep, leaving and- that and going the direction that I ended up going. Because now, granted, it got me to like to the person I am today, and I'm thankful for that. But we're talking regrets. Yes, that's number one. We. We talked. We literally, that dude. We're so. That's we. We talked about this. We're like, wow, wow. We have the same regret. Yeah. I'm like, we even have this. I was like, I wish I never left that. I wish I just they, they made that. They fucking would have had to kick me out of there because I was meeting artists and yeah. meeting rappers and in Harv Pierre's office and driving him around. I was in the spot that I wanted to be, whether I wanted to be a musician or I just wanted to be a part of that world and work in Bad Boy. Whatever it was, it was a chance of a lifetime. Just like Mikey's in. It's like we both. That's our regret is, is is basically squandering that and leaving both of those places because of drugs. Without so, a doubt. Stop being like me, dude. You know what I'm and saying? And like me. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because it was it was safer. essentially yeah. the yeah, career right. that you guys wanted. Like you were 100%. both Oh yeah. You were both on track for your chosen career and just kind of blew it up for drugs. Well, you know what's crazy about that? I mean the whole thing's fucking crazy, but everybody that we went to class with at SAE, right? And it's a world, everyone knows that school if you're in the audio uh, in, uh, engineering business. So we're at the heart of it. We get out, 
Do you know how many people don't get jobs in the audio industry after they leave SAE? The instruct the, uh, one of the main guys who was like our head like teacher, I guess you could say, whatever. But he's worked on so many albums. He goes, "Oh, one out of the fifty of you is going to get a job in audio." And I'm like, and he told me this was like a month left. I'm like, "All right, I mean, thanks, you know." But it's yeah. the, it's the reality, like because people don't want to go work for free for sixteen months. That's what I just said before. I'm like, we both had great opportunities. Oh. That's what I'm saying is like we both had great opportunities and we fucked them up. Specifically because of drugs. That's I worked with thing. Diana Ross, guys. All right, thing. you don't get yeah. that. You don't get that opportunity yeah, all the pretty, time. She was the worst, by the yeah. way. I hated her. Anyway, is that uh, throw it out there? All right. So, talk about. I I don't like using the term the height of your yeah, addiction. I love it. I love yeah. using but, that term, dude. But you know what I'm talking about, right? It's it's not yeah. necessarily. I mean, I guess during the time it was the happiest time of your life. Uh, that was the worst time of my life. <laughs> well, no, no, because I'm not. I'm not talking about rock bottom. I'm just oh, okay. I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about like No, you are, JR. That's what I'm saying. Height, rock bottom, same place. The height of your drug addiction is rock bottom. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I don't mean to, but I'm just saying no, it's, okay. it's funny Everyone's because different though. So, if all right, so let saying, me explain it a different way. Okay. Sure. Okay. Because when I as a as someone who's not an addict, when I hear the yeah. term rock bottom, must be nice. Yeah, yeah, I think going. of like and I want to get to this, the worst thing that you guys were doing yeah. Either yeah. you know to get drugs or the worst drug or whatever the case may be. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Worst that, situations. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's how as uh, for me anyway. That's what I hear when I hear rock bottom. That's what I think of. What I'm talking about mm. is like just you're fully into just using every day. Like, yeah. what mm. was that? Just you know what I mean? Like, what was a day okay. or a week or whatever, a month or even a year? Yeah. Um, and we'll just sing the whole Friends theme song. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, what did that yes, look 100%. like while you guys were kind of in that that aspect of, yeah. of your addiction? You you could uh, you well yeah. So let's do a day in the life of both of us, man. At the Oof. when we were using our most and stuff, you can go first. Sure. I just want to say one of us never sucked dick for drugs. Just want to get that out there. All right. So anyway, I, I mean, I I always had. We'll, I, I we'll kind of always we'll had get, a little. We'll get to the worst I thing always, you guys have ever done in a minute. I'm joking. I, I, want, the, I want the big reveal. <laughs> I always I had a little bit of change on me, so I could always yeah, buy the drugs. I always had a little skittle. So um, I, it's definitely not me that had to do it. But not, I've done it, but I'm just saying I didn't have to do it is what I'm trying to say. Uh, see, you, now, he had to Now do you it. know the one person. That's I said thing. one of us had to do it. Yeah, You had to. You, no, I wanted to. You did to. it. Anyway, I'm joking, JR. None of us Sorry, said that. Day in the life. Come on. So a day in the life. So At the worst. like Oh, absolutely. So I was working at a restaurant. I'm not going to say the name, obviously. And I'm going to say a lot of allegedly, you know, because uh, things allegedly happen. But the problem with me, and this is where me and Mikey will differ, and he'll explain it to you when it gets to him. But I, every dollar that I made as a waiter, bartender, every single dollar went towards drugs. Now, obviously, I had some bills. I was living at home, and I had to give my dad some fucking rent. I had to fucking pay my phone bill, car insurance. That's it, though. The problem was, um, hey, Dad, you got to give me another two days. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't make enough last night. When I'm blatantly lying and I blatantly made $200 and all that $200 is already gone. So a day for me would be waking up and I would be going through withdrawal if I didn't use anything probably with like a good eight to ten hours. So if I went to bed and all my stuff's gone because I used it, now it's ten or let's just say ten hours later, I'm already feeling it. My shift starts at five. So – 
I, I just want to interrupt you. Tell them what you're using, right? So just like, oh, like, amounts. You, you know stuff. what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, say, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm yeah, buying, yeah. right? Sure. A bunch of the, uh, sure. right? Just so sure. people know, right? Absolutely. You know, you know what I mean? Okay. So obviously, I'm buying whatever that the money can buy, but the main focus was how many of the 30 milligram oxycodone pills can I get? Because that's what was really popping at that time. Um, so and, and this is probably 2000 and 2000, like the height of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm We're talking 2009, maybe. Yeah, no, and, 2008, yeah. 2007. 2000, I'm gonna say like su- like summer 2008. Yeah, and it's going to right until I got clean. Let's just say up until January 2012. Yeah. Okay. So it's just a constant cycle of I'm. I don't know if I'm gonna have a. I hope I make enough money tonight to get drugs so I don't feel sick because that's all it is at this point after years of using is I just don't want to feel sick anymore. I want to feel, quote, unquote, normal. We always like to say or a lot of acts like to say when you're in withdrawal and when you're not, when you're looking for it, you might be at like negative 10. The drug's just going to get you right back to zero. It's no longer getting you to plus 20 where you're like, oh, my God, plus 20 was when we were in Florida. Maybe that's even plus 100 where you're like, oh, my God. I'm not a full-blown addict. The drug's getting me super fucking high. Everything's great. So just to get back to zero is a constant struggle every day. So I'd go to shift. I'd go to my shift. And in the life as a waiter, some nights you're going to fucking kill it. Some nights you're going to walk out with $13 in your fucking uh, wallet. Been there. See, there you go. So you know the struggle. So I just knew that, and, and for some uh, context, uh, a twenty, sorry, a 30-milligram oxycodone is going to be at least 20 bucks, depending where you're going or if there's a shortage, whatever the case is, 25, 30 bucks, but average is 20. So I wanted to, every shift, have a dealer show up. I take the cash out of my book that's, you know, you've been a waiter. Show up to his restaurant. Show up to Come my to restaurant. His re- he's, fee- he's waitering, running around, waiting tables, and he's checking his phone every 10 minutes and being like, oh, shit, can you come? All right. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna- okay, so if he comes in three hours, I have five tables, so I'm going to make probably about 80 bucks. So, yeah, okay, let me get four. And hoping that that dealer is going to show up and he's going to have that 80 bucks, right? Banking on those four tables that he's going to have the 80 bucks when that dealer shows up. A huge problem, though, and you've... Barbacked, waited. Yeah. You know the deal. You know the deal. Never barbacked, yeah. Okay, barebacked is what you do. Yeah, but, um, but we all know, hey, what if they all pay with card? Guess not what? getting it till the end of the night. You're not getting paid till fucking 1 a.m. But yeah. I have a dealer coming in, in two hours from Bridgeport. There's just a constant struggle of, all right, well, this table did pay with cash. Now, I only made an $8 tip, but there's $100 in my book from that table or my tables for the day. I can't tell you how many times I took cash. Allegedly. We, thank you, Mikey. God how many times damn. I took cash alet that, <laughs> that wasn't mine in my book that's owed to the restaurant by the end of the night, and I'm using that to buy drugs. You don't know how many times I did that on a Saturday. Allegedly I, did that on a Saturday. When I allegedly did that on a Saturday and worked the 9 a.m. shift, the morning shift, and knew because I was short 60, 100 bucks, whatever the case is, I'd offer to work someone's night shift and just say, Oh, you know what? Take tonight off. I'll take your five o'clock. Why? Uh, I just need the money. Sure, why not? And that's just the constant struggle. That's just constantly it. But I would never, ever, it would always be Wednesday was my day off. I had no drugs from Wednesday noon till maybe Thursday night. And it's just a constant, oh, my God, I feel like shit. Oh, my God, what can I do to get some type of pill in my system? And at that time, I mean, the height that I ever bought drugs I think the most I would ever have at any time is whatever my job for that day allowed me. If I can get 10 pills for 200 bucks, 
awesome. I know I'll be good for the next maybe day and a half. But if I'm only leaving there and I can only get two or three pills, I'm going to be hurting so much in fucking 12 hours. It's just a constant cycle. I hated the job. I started allegedly doing things that I shouldn't have. Uh, nothing gay. Just want to point that out. No, no, um, no, no. Yeah. Not there's anything wrong with that. But uh, I started doing things that, um, again, it, it's not taking things from a safe. It's not like that. But I was definitely doing things to give myself the upper hand and always having money from a job, from the job I was at. Whatever you had so to do that, to feed the addiction. 110%. So that was just a normal day, week in my life, and that went on for fucking years. And now you you said if you could buy 10 pills for 200 bucks and you'd be good for a day and a half. So 36 hours, you're going through 10 pills. And, oh, yeah. And now what – How <laughs> for people who don't know, yeah. how, how many pills are you supposed to take and, and what's ah! the recommended – time frame to take them in all right so that's going to differ from the time that someone first takes to the time where mikey stops using well let's the so let's say using. they were so, prescribed yeah. by a doctor sure it's going to be sure. sorry no no i'm saying no, if, no, they, if you're going to get 30 milligram oxycodones okay nowadays you, people are still going to write for them but not nearly as much no. but back in the day they'll say take one Three times a day as needed if you just had sh- sh- uh, shoulder surgery. Right. Okay? See, that's a lot. That's kind of that's kind of what they'll say if it's a bad if it's a bad thing, right? So essentially, you're writing. saying for pain, you're taking as one needed, pill every eight hours. But if you yeah, need and it. it's and it when it comes to pain and pain medication, everybody's different. Mm. So there's never a set thing of like, okay, this is an antibiotic. So you take one, 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 one for seven days, and you're off it. Pain is you can't judge someone's pain. Right. Right. So they'll write you, you know, a hundred pills, right? And it'll be, you know, three every day. So you get it for a month. You get 90 pills for a month or whatever it is. And that's why people started abusing oxys and oxycodones and oxycontin to begin with is because they realized, oh, shit, it takes away my pain, but it gives me this good feeling. Mm. And I have so many of them, and I'm just going to keep taking them. But it's all that the normal dose, you just kind of just depends on what injury you have what kind of medication he gives you, Vicodin to fucking, you know, um, Oxycontin. It well, I'll put it like this, that. too, just to kind of give some context. I remember when I first started using and a 5-milligram Percocet, which is, again, it's oxycodone, 5 milligrams with other stuff in it, acetaminophen. A 5-milligram Percocet, when I first started using, was all I needed for 6 to 8 hours, right? Wow. And then when you would take those 30s, just to put more context in, when you would take those 30s down in Florida when we first got them, or even the 80s, if you just split the 30 in half and split it with someone, which I did, I would pop it. I was good for literally eight hours. Fast forward to this addiction where 10 pills, I mean, that to me, that's a good, that, that was a good, I hate to say score, but if I can get 10 pills for 200 bucks that one night, yeah, I... I don't have any That's worries great. in the world for at least another day, yeah. so I'm good that day. So the but the point is that five milligram that did the job. Yeah. Fucking forget that. I I I always so, started off the day popping and would end the night with sniffing whatever I had left. But if I first did that five milligram Percocet Jr. and that was fine, now I'm popping three to five thirty milligram oxycodone just to get a small effect that would last for maybe an hour. So we're talking ninety to one hundred fifty just popping. Hold on to your fucking horses though. Because whatever I'm saying is going to get dwarfed by this man to my to my right. It's not so, dwarfing. So, no, 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 in a good way. Though. Okay. No, okay. no. But before yeah. he even he even goes. Yeah. yeah. So now you're saying three to five pills, 
three to five of, 30 of the thirty milligram just to yeah. get an hour. So sure. and, and I think yeah. that's no. that's the perfect example of how an overdose happens on these painkillers. Right? Yes. You're, yeah. you're at you, five pills just to get an hour's worth of relief. And but the thing is my body's used to it though. Right. So, but that's yeah. and that's the yeah. thing. Is like yeah. you start getting used to it, you start taking more and more and more until you're at a point where you just say, I'm just gonna take a fucking shit ton. Yeah. And because there's you're not yeah. regulating at that point, right? As a as a user. No, no, right. you are. That's the thing. So like right. me and Mikey's situation were different, but he was day to day, right? I was more week to week. I would buy I had a guy in California that was more bulk. But so Mikey would basically be day to day. So he was saying if he can get ten pills, that's like a great day for him. Oh yeah. Most of the time he he can get three pills. So he regulates. He goes, shit, I only get three pills today, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna take one now or two now and then save one for when it's Midnight. 8 p.m. Yeah, or, sure. or whatever, so that you're not really dying for the rest of the night. Right. right. So, but if you get 10, I, you're going to take 10. No, you're just going that's to the, the next thing. day. I yeah it's yeah yeah. Bleed to the next you're day going for me. to the next yeah. exactly. But yeah. I was even regulating with fucking two, getting 240 of the 30 pills every fucking week, and I was even scared that I was going to run out. That's how bad it gets when you're a drug addict. So you are okay, regulating so when you're a drug let's addict. Let's jump you into wanna, your yeah. your story then. Well, oh, yeah. no, the height of my addiction yeah. was in California. It's 2012. I came in a little bit of money, and I'm like, okay, found a connect out there, and I moved out there addicted, fully addicted to Oxys. He was addicted too. We were addicted, but I just moved out there. I wanted to go live life. I'm 24. Let me. I, I graduated um, from NCC. I got my associates. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out to California. Went out there addicted. By the time I left and went to rehab – I was doing like 35 to 40 of the 30 milligram pills a day, and I never popped one of them ever in my life. Right. I always sniffed them. So I would break a day in the life for me when I was 25, 26, at the height, 26, when I was hiding my addiction. I wake up, I grab my pill bottle that's filled with 200 plus of the 30 milligrams. I have a shaver, right? It's a hose clamp. You ever see those hose clamps, right? That you like. Sometimes they're at gas pumps. They'll be around they're the gas around. pumps. You put them in and they wrap around. So you buy those at a hardware store. You just unspool them and make them a straight line. Bend one down. You take the pill. You go like this. You shave on it. It's like a cheese grater. Cheese grater Almost. effect. So I'd wake up every day and be like, okay, grab my pill bottle. Grab four pills. Chop them up. Okay, I'm ready for the day. Here we go. Whatever I was doing that day, if I was an extra, I worked as an extra, I worked as a waiter, I did a lot of jobs out in California. Whatever I was doing, I always did a bump, which is a, which sniffing a pill, every 45 minutes, every hour, regardless of where I was, I had to run to the bathroom and chop up minimum three pills at a time. Every, and I was not getting high. Did not feel one ounce of withdrawal and did not feel one ounce, one ounce of being high. And people are always confused about that. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? The reason why is because for the last two and a half years that I was using, I had a steady connect and he was giving it to me for really cheap. And and so I was buying them in bulk because I was buying them in bulk and I had and and I could afford them. So I never could not get the pills and I never – it, it's it's really weird how it happened where it, that shouldn't happen. It's, there should be a time where, like, I'm calling a 1,000 people trying to get them. For some reason, it was a great connect every week, Friday, without fail, drive down and get them. So 
I never did not have pills in the last two and a half years of my addiction. I had one time I had five. I had two guys because I was calling two guys. I had two guys with 240 pills each. And I met both of them within two hours because they both weren't good. Then they both called me and said they were good. I had 480 fucking pills, two bottles. It was, they wouldn't even fit. It was They're like that <laughs> to me. When you say hype, when you're like, oh, I'm talking about hype, that was one of the best to- like moments of my life being a drug addict was having these two pills where you can ask Mikey, I'm good forever. That's how you feel, right? Oh, yeah. I'm good forever. I have these, but you're not good forever. That's going to run out in a week. Especially with with the amount I was doing, that's gone in a fucking week, dude, right? Uh, Two weeks. That's fucking gone. So with the amount I was doing and with never having them, I didn't get high because my tolerance was just so up there. And I never felt withdrawals because I always had them, right? So it was a good and a bad situation because then when I went to rehab, my withdrawals were like really bad because it was just stop. Okay, you were taking 1,200 milligrams a day, which is fucking crazy. All right, stop. Nothing. You're done. It was really bad. Oh, yeah. um, and I was doing coke three days a week for the last like year or two when I was out in California. So it was just a whole mess of shit that I was doing. Um, and that was just literally – it's a boring life. Like people think that like a drug – you watch Intervention, right? And you see like these people homeless and like sucking dick and shit, right? Yeah. We, ne- we were never – like seriously, we, we were never on the streets – drug addict was roaming around we were never that right Right. whether he was worried day to day to get pills i was worried week to week to get pills we were never that bad but we both hit rock bottoms that were just as bad as any other rock bottom because when i tell you i just didn't care if i lived or died it's really the truth it was if i have my pills i'm good right but i don't care if i don't wake up the next day because i've led a good life and I'm, you know, perfectly content. The best way I say it is you could have put me in a cardboard box. If you gave me a thousand pills, I, I'm fine. Put me in a fucking mansion with no pills, I'm going to go crazy. It's so hard to comprehend if you're not in that situation. But for me, that's exactly how I felt. And I was numb to everything. And it was just the physical thing of sniffing. That's what I was addicted to. Sniffing, putting something up my nose. Um... And I haven't put anything on my nose in six fucking years. I tried uh, uh, Vit- uh, Flintstone vitamin. Yeah, he was here, and it just it just didn't it just didn't work. You know? Yeah, what what's mean? it gonna do, dude? Just it just wasn't the same. Um, Yabba dabba do, dude. But uh, that's it, man. It, it's really like a day in the life. It's it, it's boring. It's every hour sniffing pills. Every single hour sniffing pills. And I none of my friends out in California really knew I was a a, a dope head. They all just didn't know because you lead a double life, right? It's uh, it's weird. It's fucking crazy. We had so, everyone fooled. I mean, everybody fooled. When man. I had to stupidly at twenty one, when I couldn't find anything, I had to just come out and tell my mom because you know I just did, and uh, went to detox for four days. Didn't realize like, oh, I was like, oh, if I detox for four days, I'll be good. Yeah, three weeks later, I was using. Yeah. Um, the term that always comes back that I always think of, you know, one is too many, too many, a thousand is never enough. Yeah. That old saying. Yeah. We used to joke about, man, imagine if we found a barrel of a of a million pills, right? Yep. It's the same thing as if there's 20. At some point you're out. It doesn't and matter. Yeah. You're going to feel that you're going to feel that uh that that gratification of saying I'm good for the moment or I'm good for X, but there's always going to be a fucking end to that. Right. And that's the same for every single addict. Yep. It, it, we 
I can speak for both of us and say that I'm glad that I went through all that because it made me who I am today. Yeah. Right? You would agree? Absolutely. Um, I just don't wish it on fucking anybody. I would never wish what I had to go through, he had to go through, or anybody who's straight up full-blown addicted. I would never wish that on anybody. I had to say that. Yeah, no, but it's true. It's like I would sniff a bunch of pills in one line, and immediately I would have a cigarette. And during that cigarette, I wouldn't think about drugs or anything. Right after that cigarette, I would be thinking about my next bump. Right. Like how fucking sick is that? Yeah. That like you, you just did four pills, and you're watching TV, and you smoke a cigarette, and you put it down, and you go, when can I do my next bump? Oh, mm-hmm. let me check. I got to wait at least 30 minutes. What the fuck, bro? You just did four. Yeah. Like – if I could just go back and just like like slap myself in the face and just be like, dude, chill out. Like, yeah. don't do – you don't have to do that many. Right. Um, but I wouldn't have listened. But it's just weird to to think that that was me doing that. Right. You know what I mean? It's weird. Dude. And for someone that was doing it with Coke because I've met – and I've done them before. Like, I've done – I was never the big – Yeah, I you're didn't never really a like really Coke, big Coke guy. No, yeah. no, no, no. But I've done it where I did because someone always told me, oh, if you if you do them together, it's insane. All right? Do you know how many fucking people die all the time? Like, you know how many times any addict could obviously die or overdose? But well, I remember when I heard him telling me about, uh, like, the amount he was doing, but then Coke, too. Yeah. It's like, I see that. We see it all the time. Yeah. We see news stories. We've seen people in our hometown uh, pass from ODing from the mix of the two, whether it's they the knew mix. it was mixed or not yeah. or whether they did it intentionally. It is so crazy, and I've, and I've thought this so yeah. many times to myself. Yep. I am so fucking grateful Lucky. to be alive. Yep. I'm grateful. He's alive. That's how I'm grateful. Think. I'm alive. I'm grateful everyone who's an addict but, is alive. But, okay, hold on, JR. I, I just, I, and I hope you're going to put reaction shots of you while we're talking because I feel bad because <laughs> we're talking like for 10 minutes. So hopefully you just put nice <laughs> shots of you going. Not yeah, it. You know? yeah. I might just um, crop myself up. In the, that's that's <laughs> why I'm recording should, my dude. screen because I could just crop myself <laughs> um, up in the top here. Yeah, but dude. you mentioned something about ODing, right? So you said, oh, like that's why people OD, right? I was doing a lot. And the reason why I didn't OD is because – I think I never mixed it with anything else, right? So when he said I was doing Coke, I would do oxys and then stop at five o'clock and do Coke for four hours. Not in the same, but I would just not do oxy. It was just right. Coke you would four never, hours. you would never Wait, mix them. Never, never, not one time. Also, benzos. I never took Xanax. I never really took Xanax, but I'm saying if you go look at autopsy reports of ninety percent of drug drug related prescription drug related overdoses it's going to be a mixture of benzodiazepines and opiates now maybe fentanyl like uh fentanyl is going to be the word that's in there but it's the mixture of why people usually overdose that's why it's not usually not the amount it's usually the mixture of two substances the only time it's the amount (laughs) is when you get someone who's never done drugs right we used to hear that story all the time about a girl in college who literally Never did never did uh, opiates before, and just took five oxycodone uh, oxycon eighties. Yeah, that's four hundred yeah. milligrams. Your heart, yep. you're gonna stop breathing. You're dead. So that's a time where obviously the amount will, but with a user, it's a gradual build, and the amount they're taking every day is usually not gonna kill them just by itself. Unless so the, you stopped. We know someone specifically yeah. in Stanford who we dealt with yeah. and stuff. He passed away. He overdosed a couple years ago. Sucks. He got clean. Then relapsed, did not mix it with anything, but he relapsed and he used the same amount that he was using right. when he – so his tolerance had went He just went into down. that habit and, and didn't realize. It, it was the – yeah, he didn't realize, oh, shit, my tolerance back to zero now, right? Yeah. That's another way people overdose. Yeah, so, he probably thought this amount's yeah, perfect. 100%. This, right, this is what I've been taking the whole time. Min- I'll be fine. 
hundred percent, hundred percent, exactly. All right, Oof. so now let's yeah. let's talk about rock bottom because I want to get, yeah, dude. I want to get to rock bottom, and then I want to get into, um, I mean, rehab is rehab. I think anybody right. who has heard about rehab knows rehab. Yep. Um, but I think when we get to rehab, I want to talk about more of the support system you guys either had or didn't have or whatever the case may be. For sure. So let's, but so let's start with rock bottom for each of you guys. What was that? uh, What did it entail? Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll go first real quick. Okay, go first. Sure, I'll go first. Um, so like I was saying, I was working at this restaurant and it just became a thing where for set amount of time I was doing what I needed to do to get the money and I did get caught stupidly because I long story short I fucked up I made an error someone noticed it next thing you know I'm in the office the next day an hour before my shift because I got called in hey we need to talk to you I said I'll be there at five he goes get her now and I knew that that ride over was I'm fucked who knows what's going to happen? I don't know if there's going to be a cop there. I didn't know what to expect. Walked into that office. Here is what we think you did. And even the fact that we think you did all this, obviously you're done. You're you're fired. Um, luckily, one of the guys there knew my pops for years, for years, for 35 years, and uh, said, hey, get clean. We'll talk afterward. That right there, I had to let everyone in my immediate family know, like, yep, I have been using for the last four years. When you guys thought I was clean because I was hiding it, you guys thought I was okay. You guys knew I worked at a bar, but you probably figured I just drank a little bit. Yeah, oh, no, I've been a full-blown addict. I fucked up. Um, I'm fired, and I need help. And I never will forget when I had to tell my dad this right after I came home from getting fired— how fucking hard he slammed his hand on the table. It was like that right there just sent me into this fucking this this zone of, dude, you got to get your life together. You need to figure out how to fix whatever damages you have done. But you need to first and foremost is get clean. That was rock bottom. The look on all my family members faces, the reasons why I was behind on bills had to come clean and say, yeah, uh, this is what I've been doing. It's been going on for years. Um, and. I'm fucked right now, and that was the absolute worst I felt in my entire life, and that'll probably be one of the worst. That Actually, that will be the worst time from the time I'm 33 now. I mean 28 now. Sorry, 28 years old, wink, wink. Zero to my age now, the absolute worst time of my life. That was my rock bottom. Um. Yeah, it's a good rock bottom, dude. It's a, a fucking, fucking rock bottom, it was a bro. Hard, it was a deep one, you know? That's yeah, a good one. Uh, Yeah, man. The worst, I actually had a rock bottom moment that didn't make me get clean. It's the most embarrassing, the most regretful moment that I've ever encountered in my life. I'm not going to tell the whole story right now because it's just kind of like, it's just weird to get into. But like he said, long story short, I was in the hospital. Um, I was full-blown addict, 2012, living in California. I started a pipe company with my cousin. We were at a festival selling pipes. I got dehydrated. I'm a type 1 diabetic for since I was 8 years old. So it just makes everything more complicated with dehydration and all this other shit. So I got really dehydrated, got sent to the hospital, ICU, all this shit for like three days. My parents flew out. I was addicted. So I'm laying in a hospital bed, right? No one knows I'm an addict. So I'm laying in a hospital bed like dehydrated and shit, but I'm withdrawing, okay? So – I made, like, my cousin, like, bring 
pills to the hospital and then like my mom got them from him but didn't know they were pills and then like I literally like went in the bathroom of my hospital room when my parents were in there and like hobbled to the bathroom because I was like really sick and sniffed pills in the bathroom and I'm 90% sure my parents knew I was doing that um, right in the bathroom and that's such just an embarrassing horrible moment for for a human being to like go through to do that how can i do that to my parents how can i like they know i'm in there doing drugs how can the fuck can i do that that was 2012 i didn't get clean for another two years like that didn't even send me over the edge to be like you know what that's fucked up i'm sorry guys i'm gonna go to rehab nope nope stayed and got even worse so that was the lowest point i've ever felt in my life but why i got clean and my rock bottom was i went to florida it was an anniversary for my grandparents i looked like shit Weighed like 125 pounds. My whole family pretty much called me out at the end of the weekend. And I woke up one morning. I was about to fly back to California on a Monday. And my mom was like, what's going on? You're a drug addict, right? And I go, we had talked about it before, right? Like, like, they're all, like I had been lying to my mom like, yeah, I'm clean. I'm clean when I was living in California over the phone. It was so easy. Like just over the phone. No, mom, right. I lied to this motherfucker when he was in rehab, bro. Yeah. Like it's fucked up. I was like, yeah, I'm clean, man. I'm clean. Or like right at something. Right I out called of rehab you in rehab. In, yeah, in yeah. rehab. And you said you were clean. It's yeah. so easy to lie over the phone. Oh, like, yeah. It's so easy. So my parents always knew something was going on. And they're like, you're still using it. I go, yeah, it's just Coke, though. And they're like, no, something's wrong. And I'm like, yeah, no, okay. My dad. Never seen my dad cry one time my whole entire life. Never shed a tear. Never. Took me outside and started just like crying like crying. And I, I didn't even know I didn't even know he was crying. He just kinda of started moving his shoulders. I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, you're gonna die. And it just fucking hit me. And I'm like, oh, he's like, please, please, you're gonna die. That's all he said to me. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. I went back in. My brothers and my mom are there. And I'm like, I'm going to rehab tomorrow. And called a couple of rehabs, called a friend that had went to a rehab in Florida, asked him what the good ones were. And the next morning, Tuesday morning, I was getting uh, admitted to a rehab. That And that was it. That was April 8th, 20, not 2014. Yep. So the thing I find amazing about both those stories is when you – oftentimes when you hear the story of a rock bottom for an addict – Right, it's something that they did, or something that that happened to them, or whatever the case may be, that that made them, you know, see the light, if you will, and go to rehab. Right, but it's always this kind of event, like when you see the stories on on like TV or the news or or documentaries or whatever. Right, and I think the the really interesting thing is that you guys share this commonality of it wasn't so much an event that was your rock bottom; it was the fact that. You both realized that what you were doing had disappointed the people that you loved, and that's what set you straight. Hundred percent, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, it's 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 that's unique it. and it's amazing that yep. because I mean, you you hear like the intervention and like all these people yeah. that are like in denial. I'm not an addict. I'm fine. Or they fight it or whatever the case may yep. be. But it, it just it for that to to resonate with you guys. The same way, I think, is really amazing. And and don't get us wrong. There were times where we had denied that we were addicts, right? Like, to, like I was telling my parents I was clean over the phone. Like, no, I'm right. clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. So it does take some sort of, you know, moment, but it's not a movie script. It's not right. – one of the best quotes I ever read was like something about rock bottom is not a moment or a place. Rock bottom is, is wh- where you're living. 
Like, you don't realize you're living in rock bottom until you realize you're living in rock bottom. Right. It's not a moment. You've been there for a while, man. It's only about when you realize you're living in rock bottom. And it's the support system is the biggest part because everyone says, go to rehab for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. If you want to get clean, you get clean for yourself. And yeah, to an, to an extent, that's true. Mm. You have to want to get clean. I didn't get clean until I was 27. And I wanted to get clean at that point. You got clean at what? 20? He turned 25 he in rehab. Ju- yeah, he yeah. turned 25 in rehab. So, yeah. like, we were kind of a little bit later. If I went at 21, I would have been like, no, fuck you. I don't want to get clean. Right. So you have to want to get clean. But when I tell you I got clean for my family, I got clean for my family because I could not do that to them anymore. I wanted to get clean, but the looks in their faces, I could not do it to them anymore. So I always kind of go against that of, like, you can only get clean for yourself. Only if you want to do only you. That's it. Don't get clean for your parents. Don't like no, fuck that. Get clean for your parents. Get clean for your wife. Get clean for your husband cuz they're the ones that are going to be there for you. So get clean for them. You'll be good. That's absolutely. just the way I feel. No, well, absolutely. So then let's talk about the support systems that you guys had. Yeah. Um cuz I mean in rehab um in rehab you're essentially isolated, right? There's no I mean people can come visit you. Yeah, yeah. I went to rehab extent. in Florida. He went to rehab up Upstate around here. Yeah. Um, people can come visit you a hundred percent. But I'm just gonna say, if you go on our feed, uh, two dopeless hoping, just search two dopeless on um, the podcast app, episode 17, seventeen. Right? This we're talking. This is a five. This is five years ago. Right. It's called P and Pass. Go to rehab or something. Right. P and Pass. Excellent adventure. No. Oh, I or, thought it, no, no, no. It's just, like yeah, he yeah. passed something in rehab. Yeah, episode seventeen. Go listen to that. It's like an hour and change. We break down our entire just rehab. We literally just break down our entire rehab process. His mind. So if you want to hear an hour and fifteen of like the details of exactly what we went through, go peep that because it's it, and we did it so early that oh, we didn't yeah. know we, we were so raw. We were just telling everything like just like fucking. I don't even remember what we said, but I just remember people reacted to that, and they were like, "Oh my god, that like that was a crazy fucking episode." Jesus Christ, you guys went through that. We're like, "Yeah, yeah." So, people ask. I always I always re- reference that, refer them yeah. to episode seventeen. So um, check that out because obviously yeah. we're not going to go through you know no, like, right, a fucking right. hour of it here, but we do get into detail about it. In that and that's episode. but as yeah, far as and that's support, why I said know, before sorry, is like rehab is rehab. So yeah, you're going to hear like similar stories for anybody that goes to rehab. But right. as far as support system. Fuck, man. I mean, for starters, I couldn't have gone if it wasn't for three people. My pops, my sister, Jess, and her uh, her husband. Because they, the three of them actually put up the fucking money to go. So with the three of them right off the bat, I was just like, wow. Even though I fucked up, they want me to, they want me to get help, and, and I needed it. So forever grateful for all of them. Um, and... I would get a fucking phone call. The both of you guys knew my pops, obviously, uh, on some level. So my pops, <laughs> the my first night there, I hear I'm walking downstairs just from out of the bathroom, and I'm I'm already feeling it because I already did four days of uh, detox without any. Uh, you can usually take methadone or suboxone, I, which are drugs that'll help you uh, wean off. Uh, while you're deto- detox drugs, detox drugs. They didn't have either at my detox, and I just found that out when I set foot into detox. I'm going, oh, great. These next four days are going to be fucking fun. So anyway, I'm in rehab, and I'm coming down from the bathroom constantly just having the runs like you couldn't imagine. 
come down, and I hear the front desk lady getting into an, like an argument almost over the phone, and I hear her, and she's like, "No, no, oh, I'm so sorry. we can't do that. I'm so sorry." Mr. Passero, and I'm like, of course, it's my fucking dad. So he has her on the phone. He's saying, I want to talk to my son. And she, again, she didn't know. I just got there fucking two hours ago. He called all the time. I called him all the time. Unfortunately, he could not come up to our family day, but my brother Rob and sister Jen did, which I owe them just as much as anybody that I owe um, because they showed so much support. Um, just like the rest of my family, but they came up. But my dad could not come up because he was in the hospital from a stroke. And what really got me, you know, whether you know this or not, JR, he actually passed the day I got home from rehab. I so, didn't know it happened that day, but I, I did know it that was, he passed, yeah. And I got home that night, and uh, it was, I got to see him for a couple hours, and then he passed uh, early, well, sorry, in the next few days he passed, but he was in a, in a, in a, in a coma. But um, I got to see him for a, for a little bit. But when I got home, I didn't know what the fuck to expect, but I did know that I had my two sisters, a brother and a mom that were going to do whatever that whatever they had to do just to make me feel comfortable. And they were constantly asking, like, hey, I know it's kind of weird, but is there anything we can do? I'm just like, guys, uh, you've done enough. Like you're you just being here. If I had to go somewhere and I had to be in a fucking halfway house for two months, I would have relapsed. It's not even a question. But to be with family and to actually have that support system goes fucking miles because I met so many people, and I'm sure he did in rehab too, of people who just didn't have a support system and they're there because it's a court-mandated thing. They're yeah. most likely back in the system or dead. Right. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yep. Um, but the love that I felt even just over the phone every day from my pops, he would not fucking let that payphone run empty. He was calling all the time. So... I knew my friends will be my friends. They're going to be there when I'm out. Right now, I needed my family. So with those select few people, man, they really did. They really did save me. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to like, you know, because he kind of said it all. I agree with everything he just said. My only thing is that if you're an addict, if anyone's listening to this and they want to get clean or they have a family that's reaching out and like, hey, man, some, like you are lucky, bro. Because I, there's one kid specifically in rehab that I that I met who was homeless and he was fucking my age, bro, and he had no family. And I was just going in, in the whole time in my head. I'm just going, this kid's not going to make it. And 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 I love him. And I only, I only knew him for three weeks. And I'm like, I fucking love this kid, but I know he's not going to make it because he doesn't have a family. And it fucking sucks. I really think, just from personal experience, you need a good core family slash friends, a couple of good friends, and your family. Because if you don't, you're the only other thing to do is to numb your pain with anything, drugs, alcohol, whatever you're going to do. So I am just forever indebted to my family, my mom, my dad, both my brothers. My little brother actually called my parents out when we were in Florida for that weekend saying, hey, if you don't think he's fucking using drugs, you're insane. And they were like, yeah, you're fucking insane. And he made them like intervene like he basically <clears throat> excuse right. me, like caused the intervention so i love my little brother for that dude and my dad stayed down in florida the entire time i was there they had a house in orlando i was in west palm he fucking drove back and forth it's like an hour or whatever drove back and forth dropping me off like 
uh, you know, cigarettes. Uh, they gave me a DVD player in there because I literally was the only one who wasn't sleeping. So I would wander around our men's unit the entire night, just walking around, smoking cigarettes, like laying in one room, going to the community room. And they're like, you got to sleep, bro. And I'm like, I well, can't. give me like a DVD player or something because I, I'm going nuts sitting in my room going crazy. Right. And of course, I call my dad. All right, man. Went to fucking Best Buy, buys a portable DVD player, buys 10 DVD, like shit that like – I am so appreciative that 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 he did that for me because to to do that is the real test, right? Like that's the real time family deaths, uh, addicts, um, houses burned down, like tragedies. Those are the real tests of family. So if you don't have a good support system, I, it's really tough to make it. And they are the reason why I got clean and why I am clean because I literally – and I mean this when I say this. I could not have had a better family during this entire process, could not have had anything better, could not have every opportunity, every, I had everything I needed to succeed. So if I didn't succeed, I'm the fucking idiot, I'm the asshole, and I don't deserve to be clean. So that's what I'd say about SSs. You know what I'm saying, dude? Support Support systems, systems, You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Drugs, man, you know? Drugs. Crazy. Can't live with them. <laughs> no. Well, no, yeah, I mean, you definitely you can't. can't. You're right. And you're it's right. still a struggle. And it's still a struggle, right? right. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm uh, six years, you're eight years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's easier, but it's like it. Y- you try to fill it with things, with like right. better things. So talk right? about but, that a little bit, right? So like every sure. day, because you've been sober for six years, you've been sober for eight yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it like you're still addicted right like that's 100 that's the thing is is once you're an addict you're an addict forever it's just forever. a matter Absolutely. it's just ma- a matter of how you handle that addiction so what you're addicted to yes right. exactly right so i i dude i not during covid but i'd go to mohegan all the fucking time bro right like i that was a fi- like hey man i'm gonna go if i lose fucking 500 bucks or if i win fucking you know a thousand bucks this is great it's it was like a way to ease the not doing drugs like oh let me go play cards for a fucking couple hours Mm -hmm. right that's better than sniffing pills right oh let's focus it's you have to try to fill your time and your mind with other things a perfect world you're i'm gonna get addicted to jogging i'm gonna get addicted that's bullshit that 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 is it, it will never be as good right as drugs so you can try to get addicted to many things you want nothing's gonna fill that hole that drugs filled but for me why i'm clean is because when i got clean i was finally like comfortable in my own skin and i didn't think i was gonna die by the time i was 30 so for me it was a doom thing i was like oh my god i'm different i I got type 1 diabetes i'm gonna lose a foot i'm gonna go blind i'm gonna die by the time i'm 30 might as well be a fucking heroin addict and go out fucking having fun that was my mentality from the uh, freshman year the earliest i can remember that was my mentality and to get out of that mentality rehab helped me and then just being like oh shit wait i'm not gonna die like i'm like i'm okay life is not doom and gloom and fuck this like live young uh live fast die young bullshit and this rock star lifestyle fuck all that bro that is the wrong way to live man so for me it was about getting out of that doom and that 
oh my God, like I'm not going to be a retiree at 75 and, you know, have a 401k and blah, 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 blah. I'm an addict. That's it. My, that's my identity. I'm a fucking drug addict. So when you get clean, you don't have an identity. You're like, wait, that was my identity. So now, six years later, I'm like, no, I'm comfortable. I've never been more comfortable in my own skin than I have been my entire life to this day right now. Like right now and right now and right, right. now. It, it gets just, better, it's just, it gets it, better it each keep, day. 100 percent, mm-hmm. man. That's just for me personally of why I kind of started and then why I'm kind of like a lot happier now is that for that specific reason is because I'm like co- way more comfortable now. So I wanted to, I, am, I wanted so. to touch on something that you'd said um, and backtrack for a minute because you had said that touch obviously it. not during COVID because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and, and yeah, the world is yeah, right, crazy. Um, but you had said you were going to Mohegan a lot, right? And you were you were gambling and, and now – that that is something that you can be addicted to, right? Like there are yeah. there is Gamblers Anonymous. So Fuck yeah. is was that something that you were able to do responsibly? Like in the sense of like, I have a budget, I know that this is fun money and yes. I can take this fun money to Mohegan and mm-hmm. you know, once it's out, that's it. Right. Like I'm not yes. I'm not hitting up the ATM for five hundred more dollars. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well no. Because it's a slippery <laughs> slope, right? No, yeah. and how many times have I come back on this podcast after going to like Atlantic City or going to Mohegan and going, dude, the fucking addict came out of me because it does come out of you, right? So I, but I, it's not like I'd go up there with like a budget of like if I lose five hundred, I'm going to stop. It was more, I know I'm going to go up to Mohegan, but I'm not going to come back for two, three months. See what I'm saying? So it's like I'm going to have my fun now because I'm not coming back for two months, three months. So it wasn't like while I'm there, I wasn't worried about what was going on it was like filling a fix it was, it was basically getting my fix and there were times where i'm like fuck dude i'm down like a, a grand let me get let me take out another grand from the atm and i've lost you know a, a couple like a couple thousand dollars and it sucks and i hate it and that feeling of driving home sucks and that's when you go oh yeah now i remember what being a drug addict was like right. it's like after you get high or after you're out of pills whatever you're like this sucks dude you're on so, your way home going oh that's right i'm an addict that's right, dude. I can't do this every day. So yeah. if I was going to Mohegan every week and, lo- and like, then that's a problem. Right. But it's more of like, that's a normal thing. People go to Mohegan oh, yeah. four times a year. Like, that's yeah. a normal thing. So as long as I treated it like that, I was fine. So for me, that was a big thing of like, but ultimately, I, need to, I need to have fun. You right. know, right. ultimately, you weren't doing anything while you were no. there that was detrimental to your current lifestyle. Not you know what at I mean? all. Like, even though yes. the addict might have came out and you went back and you hit up the ATM for another grand, but you didn't empty your bank accounts because you no. just had to keep gambling. And I didn't get depressed and go, let me go buy a bag of cocaine right now because I'm depressed. See what I'm saying? Right, right. No, I'm down, I'm down ne- two grand. Let me go get yep. some pills. 100%. It never did that. That's what, because I was up there strictly to gamble right. and have fun. You That's were in it. the I mindset of, I'm here to have fun. Whatever's going gamble. to happen has happened. I'm gambling. If I lose yep. two grand, I lose two grand because that's Done. why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And I'm not going to soak over it and be like, wow, I need a pill right now because I just lost. No, 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 no. It was like I went up there expecting that. And but I could that's a good question because I can see how a casino in general is just like a very like addictive place. It's a with detrimental place if you're an addict. Alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It really is. 
And luckily, I've never had a problem with alcohol. I really don't even drink. Like, I've had a couple beers since I've been clean, six years. Like, I'll go out, have, like, a beer or two a couple times a year on my birthday or whatever. I haven't had a drink in fucking eight months. Like, I don't – I've just never had a problem with it. So if I, had, if I was an alcoholic or whatever, I could see at Mohegan – getting into trouble because you're getting free drinks and you can sit at a card table and you're just getting drink, 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 drink. So if I was an alcoholic, I probably would not go to Mohegan as much as I do. I just realized that now. So yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. It's, it's, it's very easy to fall. I'm sure like I, obviously I'm, I'm not one to talk because I don't, I've not, I'm not an addict. I haven't been through what you guys have gone through, but again, must be nice. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But, like, I'm sure it's very easy to fall into old habits, right? That's what rehab is for. That's And I think that kind of speaks to you guys and and your support system is, like, you were able to put yourself in a mindset where you could – you still knew you needed some kind of a fix, right? So you went to Mohegan and you you did what you did. But at the same time, you were able to put yourself in a mindset where it's not – you know, you're able to enter that – uh, atmosphere and environment and it not ruin you there's a line there's a line right, right. and it's like i knew i wasn't going to cross that line um dude and my parents would be like oh let's go to mohegan i go to mohegan with my parents so it's like it was a thing that it wasn't this sneaky thing where it's like oh i'm going away wh- which is what drugs is it's yeah. like i'm sneaking to the bathroom because i gotta go do pills this is my thing by myself so but i'll tell you right now man i'm not promoting it but mohegan dude it's it fills that fix, bro. For me, like it really does. I'll I'll get a room in Mohegan, you know. I they, they'll give me a free room. I'm like, oh, this is great. By the end, I'm like, wasn't free, dude. I just <laughs> lost like eighteen hundred bucks. So it was like kind of eighteen hundred dollar room, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had fun in those two days, man. Yeah. And it and it it gives me a rush. We're addicts. We need things to make us feel good, right? Just like you do. Like, just like everybody needs things that make them feel good and releases and pleasures and all this kind of shit. But we just have a line and we know where we've been and we can't go there again. I've been talking a lot. I don't want to keep talking. I'm sorry, bro. No, man. You're killing it with the drug addict talk. So I appreciate it. We love drug addicts. We we do. But yeah, I mean. Did you fill it with any? Because, you know. I mean, hey, look, man. Uh, Look. I'd say I recently got back into making music. That's a separate story, and that just kind of took a while. And I just oh, remember we were best. we were sitting there, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, wait, why for the last eight years wasn't I doing this?" You know, yes. and it, sometimes you just forget, or sometimes you just kind of you're not motivated. I honestly would say because I didn't drink or I didn't do anything like that. I who doesn't love a little caffeine? You know what I'm saying, dude? Bro, yeah, we. I was a full blown yeah. five hour energy addict. Mikey yeah. still is, but caffeine's fine. Caffeine promotes better brain health. But anyway. People drink coffee. Yeah, it's all the caffeine. I would say, you know, if we're going to get, like, personal and deep, I would say busting nuts. Yeah. You gotta. Obviously, you gotta do it. But I think I would do it to an extreme, whether it was masturbation and or sex. (laughs) Not like these people that are showing up to fucking sex, uh, you know, sex addict anonymous. (laughs) Like, guys, look, nothing's wrong with you. Just go bang and go bust. Yeah. I would say that that was a big one. 100%. Yeah, sure. Anything that makes you feel good, yeah. right. the average person is going to want, like you just said, the yep. average person is going to want to do things that make them feel good. But if you tell me that something feels good and I know it feels good, yeah. I'm going to do it to an extreme. And but I think that's what really is our problem. That's 100%. our problem. 100%. And the thing about it, Jared, is like, um, oh, fuck, was I just going to say? I was gonna, wait, we're so talking about busting nuts? nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
I was going to say, um, fuck, I had such a good sentence to say, and then I agree with you, and I fucking lost oh, it. Oh, and you God know all about it, because you just had a kid, man. Yeah, so I just had a kid, man, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, eh, whatever, man, move past it, dude. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. Oh, sorry. This is what I was going to say. This is what I was going to say. So what I look at it now is uh, when it comes to addiction or if you're addicted to anything, people are addicted to millions of things, right? Oh, yeah. I'm addicted to watching movies, okay? Yeah. I'm addicted to podcasting. I'm addicted to bl- whatever, right? The Where it becomes a problem is the effects that it's having on your life. So look at something and go, what is this thing doing to my life right now? Is it making it better? Is it making it worse? So someone could be a gambling addict. They're fucking worth $10 million and they're winning every poker tournament, right? Right. So do they have a problem? Like, do they have a problem? You know what I'm saying? Right. There's an old lady who is who takes uh, two oxycodones every single day because of her pain. She's addicted to that substance, but what's it doing? It's making her quality of life better because she's in pain all the time. Right. So it's this fucking weird gray area where you can't just define addiction as this horrible, bad thing. You just can't because every single person is addicted to something. Where it becomes a problem is what is it doing to your life? Is it ruining it? Is it making your quality of life better? Okay? Because right. there was not one time where I was using, for the 10 years I was using, did it make my life better? Not one time. Not one time. Momentarily, 100%. Did it make my life better? No way. Right. Not one time. Because you're I mean, losing your job. Everybody's yeah, looking for a dopamine rush. Yes. Like, that's, that's the thing. Is like yes. look, at, look at social media now. They say like... The, 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 the generation, yeah, right? Me, me. The generation under us is like addicted to social media because yep. getting likes releases dopamine. The mm-hmm. more likes 100%. you get, the more dopamine you're getting, and it's yep. it's a fix for them. Yes, yeah. you know what I mean. So that's I think it's it's perfect example. It's like what is some of the social media doing to these kids' lives nowadays? Right? right? It's ruining some of these kid teenagers. Yeah. People are killing girls are killing themselves. Yeah. right for yeah. Social because media. of social media. Yeah. it's now, fucking crazy. Better, I I think I because because I thought of it. I think it's an even better question. Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? How does that transition as they grow up? Right. So like they're they're at twelve, ten, eleven, twelve years old, looking yep. for a dopamine fix from likes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How if marijuana is a gateway drug? Yeah. Social, social media is social a fucking media. gateway drug. It's a I good like point, that. man. That's because we were getting dopamine rushes by going outside and climbing trees, right? Yeah. And like yeah. playing with our friends outside. Like it wasn't it, – we didn't have this cell phone with the shit that we were thing. And it's this obsession they have. And to th- I think they're just not going to mature and be ready. Not that they're all going to be drug addicts, but I just don't no, but think, I think they're going to be – I think it's going to open that door quicker. I think they'll be more likely to get addicted to a drug. Because they're yeah. already getting the dopamine fix. They're looking for a dopamine fix. Well, you're, you're not going to give a like, fuck about likes when you're fucking sniffing oxy up your nose, right? You're so they'll like, get to it. But yeah. that's the thing is so like now, okay, so they've grown up their whole life looking for that yeah. fix from social media. Now mm-hmm. you go yep. to a party. Somebody offers you this drug. This drug gives you that feeling you're getting from likes times a million. Right. Yeah, no, right. you're right. Right. But but to play devil's advocate, and I'm a big devil's advocate guy. DA. Maybe, I, am too, I love that. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe they 
are like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to go on Instagram because they get that rush from Instagram and they don't need to go smoke weed and shit because it's all coming from Instagram. Also a possibility. So, hey, man, if their follower count goes down and then they get real depressed, then they might go look for that dopamine rush. But if they're so entranced with this fucking app and likes and hearts and maybe they'll just want Kim Kardashian is their idol and that's what they want to be. Right. And I don't even know if she's like the number one thing in the world anymore or like if someone else is. Aren't they getting divorced, though? That was that was the big thing. That's the word. I don't know. But anyway, I'm just saying maybe they won't go towards drugs because their drug is social media. And they think that's the real world, and it ain't. But what about the poor soul, right, who all of a sudden out of nowhere is getting all these likes? They're like, oh, my God, I'm blowing up. And then they start doing drugs. Now it's just like you're getting the best of both worlds. Right, yeah. you're getting satisfied on yeah, both yeah, ends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're but, fucked. Oh, oh, but yeah, oh, just, like, just <laughs> like what you guys had said, at some point, it's going to run yeah. out. 100%. 100%. No Dude, question. your likes are going to run out, your followers are going to run out, that's it. and your drugs are going to run out. That's it. And it's I, I agree to you where it's like it's creating addicts earlier, hundred percent. I just it's, it's creating addicts yes, earlier. I'm very 100%. curious to see where it leads, but I also like don't want to see where it leads. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm afraid of where it's going to lead. You just had a kid, so it's like in yeah. in thirteen years, right? Right. Like What's it going to be like in 13 years when my you wife, give? Hey, my wife and I have already had conversations about it. Wow, like we've had conversations wow. about like screen time. Yeah, when mm. when is the right time for him to have a cell phone? When is right. and like I, I, personally, I think like I want to just do let him have the same route that I had because when we grew yes. up, mm. our first phone was a fucking Nokia, Nokia. brick where you could only get dude. the only game you had was Snake. Snake. Yeah, and it was dude. fun. And it was fun Snake as fuck. Was awesome. It was absolutely it was fun, fun, man. But it, yeah, was, it was great. You couldn't text yet. There wasn't a text nope. message yeah. on the first nope. phones. You could right. call. You could play Snake. Then you got a flip phone. And the flip yeah. phone had a camera. And the flip phone had texting. But you had to hit every button 16 times in order well, to get a yeah. fucking sentence. We didn't even have text in high school, bro. Like right. when I go back to high school, we were all like next telling. We weren't like, oh, where oh, are no, you yeah, guarding catering? Like texting we were just, thing, yeah. texting where just started when we were in high school. That, I remember, right. just I, remember I had that brick phone that flipped up that had the keyboard yep. underneath it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah, the sidekick yeah, 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 yeah. shit or yeah. whatever. No, it wasn't yeah. the sidekick. The sidekick like flipped out. Oh, this that was, was later. Actual, that was later. It was the Verizon V phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, dude. Dude, I remember hating when texting became – and again, I probably didn't like start texting to like 19. Yeah, right? And exactly. you're just like – you're going through all yep. the digits to get yeah. to the letter. You had to get so good at doing it. T9. You had, to get, you had to learn T9. It was its own language. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, so, that's right. I think Fuck. that like I would rather him go through something like that. Where he's gradually introduced to it, yeah. As opposed to but just, it, mm, and, and I know it's hard, hard because, like, yeah, all yeah, his okay. friends are going to have it. Boy in the bubble, he's going to see the boy in the bubble, right? Like, yeah. it's going to be hard, man. School's going to be on nothing but tablets by the time. I mean, I mean, who the fuck knows right. what and it's going to be at the time when your son's thirteen? I mean, forget that's about it. That's the yeah. other thing. So, like, there's, yeah. I, you know, you can have all these conversations you want, but like, right. at some point, it's a necessity. Absolutely, and it's just like you want it. Yeah, and like at. When he's 10, right, and he wants to go, like, play with his friend or whatever, like, you'd rather have something on him where you can go, oh, where is he yeah. right now? 
You know, but then you're like, shit, wait, I'm giving him like a phone. Like, get, right. Can I, I, just I know where he is at all times, yeah. but at the same yeah. time, he's on Instagram for seven hours. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> God damn, dude, that is. Yeah. But listen, you got a lot of years. Oh, so yeah, you, got, you know, time. you got a lot of years oh, I, for that. I am um, prepared yeah. somewhat because I at least have I have a mesh. My whole house is a smart home and I have a mesh okay. system. So oh, nice. I, can, I can kick off individual items from the Wi-Fi. Oh, it's perfect, nice. dude. I don't, oh, yeah, perfect. I don't have to just kill yeah. the Wi-Fi and then everybody suffers. I just find yeah, all stuff and knock them off. Oh, my God. That's, that's the great. benefit we have, too. Planning though, ahead. That we we yes. came from before the explosion. Like, we saw when the internet wasn't yep. a thing. But then we all just naturally, our age group, we just know how to work devices. Right. Yeah. Like, that's just us. So we're yeah. going to have control over stuff like that. And a perfect example, like like your kids, like yeah. uh, your nieces and stuff like that. So that's a good way to look at it. I never thought about that. Yeah. So It's awesome. But, all right. Well, this has been amazing and informative and super fun. Uh, oh my yeah, God, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just upset that we haven't done something like this sooner. Uh, I know. But I also got to have come this on podcast sooner. Our podcast. I 100 percent want to come on your podcast. I'm just saying. I mean, like, this is cast, this dude. is practically two dopeless hope fiends. Yeah, this is this is what we <laughs> if do. You want to just do a cross is... episode because? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it's really is, just though, you guys talking. <laughs> no, but I want no, no, but I but like that's the thing. I want you to come on so like. Obviously, you have interests and this and that, and you can tell your – we always say, hey, tell your story and this and that. But, like, you vibe with us. So what I'm saying is you'd be a good guest on our show. I'd I'd love to. You didn't talk enough to be a guest on our show is what I'm trying to say, right? Like, we talk way too much. Mm. So – I wish I could just be like, oh, yeah, this is episode 411 with JR. You know, but no, no, no. Like, you got to come on, bro. Yeah. And it'd be legit. Well, this is also uh, the design of this podcast, right? You guys are supposed to do all the talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, dude, this was fun, bro. This was awesome, man. Um, So before we wrap up, I want to just plug anything and everything from you guys, right? So we have Two Dopeless Hope Fiends uh, podcast, which is on iTunes. um, And YouTube. And YouTube. And YouTube, yeah. What's the YouTube channel? All – what we say is all you need to do is search Two Dopeless. So if you can see it right here – yeah, all one word, Two Dopeless on anything, on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever. Just search Two Dopeless and you'll get all our channels. And then Instagram, too. Instagram, Two Dopeless, same thing. Okay. Um, And I'm Mike Dopeless on Instagram. He's Mikey Pass on Instagram. Mikey Pass or Just, sorry. I wish. Oh, sorry. I wish it was Mikey Pass. I thought you did Mikey Pass. Oh, oh, I was taking some oh, fucker taken. Yeah, you're right. Some so fucker Mike, had so Mikey Pass. Mikey Pass Mike Dopeless, Two Dopeless, and... Fiends watch. If you guys are into movies, all right, we love – like that's what we love, right, are movies and shows. It's just something that – we're cinephiles, not pedophiles, cinephiles, right? Very clear. Very, very strong emphasis on cinephiles. And we love it. And if you're into that at all, search – if you want to watch us, hey, man, we look kind of all right. Go to our YouTube. If you want to listen to it, just search Fiends watch on the podcast app. And we've done a lot of fucking new movie. Every new movie that pretty much has come out in the past year, we've done. Since Game of Thrones ended, because yeah. that's why we started Fiends you, Watch. You yeah, guys have needed season. something? Yeah, well, no, no, no. We started <laughs> Fiends yeah, right. Watch because, like, Night's Watch, right? We did Fiends yep. Watch. Like, we 
started by reviewing Game of Thrones season eight. We go, oh, let's review every episode. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be the so final we'll do... season of one of the best. And shows then ever. it was like, oh, this is the worst shit ever. <laughs> okay, all right. We, and we then... can talk about that because I disagree, but we can talk about that oh, when I'm a guest we on will your on our show. show. Wow, 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 wow. I don't think the whole season was bad. I just, no. I just have problems with the Major. way it ended. But Major. wow, you got to come on ASAP. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing is, that's where I disagree with you. Okay. In the last episode? Yes. Uh, oh, all right. no, Save dude. it for our show. Save <laughs> oh, it for our we'll show. We'll save it. We'll save it for your show. Shit. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Fuck, man. So, guys, look forward to that. Okay, it's going to be all on right. our two dopeless shit. JR's coming on, oh, yeah. and we are debating the fuck out of Game of Thrones Season 8. <laughs> I oh, can't my wait. God. I can't wait. Fuck addiction. I wish we just talked about that for this whole <laughs> episode, man. God 100%, damn. 100%, man. Fuck. All right, no, fellas. Well, thank you so time. much for coming on the show. Um, Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us, bro. This has been a it blast. We only touched pleasure. the surface of yes. our addiction. Um, if you guys want to hear more, check out our podcast. We talk about it all the fucking time. Absolutely. And Definitely check these guys out because they are very fun to listen to. Uh, me personally mm-hmm. love the games that you guys play. When yeah. You oh, have guests thanks, on dude. and everything. It's, it's yes, so much dude. fun. Thanks, um, Wait till you're playing those games, my man. I know. Yeah, I'm, dude. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Yo, listen. Right. Yeah, I'm just going to say this, dude. I love that we both do podcasts, right? We're both into it. We went to high school together. We've known each other for for a long, long, long time. It's dope that we just kind of reconnected over something like this. Yeah. Um, So I appreciate you reaching out and getting us on here, man, because this was super fun. And thanks for having us, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, I'm JR Supa, and this has been Someone Else's Shoes. We'll see you next time.